Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? How's it going? Uh, I'm going. I'm going straight in, Ooh. as they say. Um, <laughs> messing about. We're we're. I can actually say because I haven't done it for a while. This is episode 150. We're here. We made it. I haven't actually quoted the number for a long time, but this is a big one. It is, and there's somebody and else the in episode. The room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we, we love a good milestone. Presence. We do. We love a good milestone. Um, and we actually didn't have anything prepared until until. We were saved by Adam Perona Wright, who is sat to my right, 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 um, who kindly offered to do some interview episodes for us. But we're not interviewing him; he's interviewing us. Tables turned because you know we love to talk about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so uh, you pointed out at so introduce yourself, Adam. Say hello, Adam. Say hello, Come Adam. On. Hello. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. <I'm sorry. laughs> Just what do I do? What do I do? Um, so, yeah, so you were like, you were saying to me how you kind of, as an active listener, because we met you at uh, New Media Europe. Yeah, last year. Last year. Last year. It's, it's nearly a year ago, isn't it? Went fast. About, yeah. about nine, ten months. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I, yeah. actually, I actually bumped into Adam. Like I, I was like, you know, in that sort of a stage where you don't know who to talk to. And I saw Adam up against the wall and I was like, I'm going to go talk to that guy because he looks as lonely as I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked over, I started chatting to him and he's like, um, you, don't, you don't happen to be like Jem from Powerful Nonsense. I was like, really? Is that going to be the moment where I finally meet someone that listens to our podcast? And so I fanboyed out and that was it. You fanboyed out. I fanboyed, I fanboyed out on the fact that somebody was fanboying on me. It was like a... It was a beautiful yeah, moment. it was a beautiful moment. I just thought, ah, oh, what a lad. <laughs> we, we found our only listener. <laughs> so, of course, we clung to him like glue throughout the entire of New Media Europe because we were like, we have a fan, we have a fan. Please, please keep listening. Um, and yeah, and we've kind of stayed in contact since. And then Adam reached out, oh, reached out and uh, offered to do these interviews with us. So we're going to do this across two episodes. The first one is going to be Adam interviewing Jem. And then next week, it's going to be Adam interviewing yours truly. Um, so I'm going to skedaddle out of here. Get out of here. Leave you two to it. Um, please look after everything. Don't break it. And um, You can trust us. Yeah. So I'm going to scarper. So over to you, Adam. You can have the throne. Yes. It's yours with my Darth Vader cushion. Um, enjoy. So here we are. Welcome, Adam. Just saying this is a little bit nervy now. <laughs> I know, I was saying to you, like, I'm feeling a bit nervous that I'm getting interviewed as well. It's like, my podcast, I should be the confident one. <laughs> well, i say tables are turned, gentlemen, like, yeah. So, I know, uh, so you're going to put me through my paces. Yeah, it's, uh, so let's just explain the concept. So uh, as we said, or as, I, as Wayne introduced, I just thought it'd be a really good idea. I've been listening to sort of powerful nonsense for, like... Oh, for a long period of time. How I did you remember, actually find us? Mate, just... Um, just browsing that iTunes chart. I, I'm not even on iPlayer or anything, mate. Yeah? So it's just, I've got a dodgy one called Podkicker and I was having a little look through for kind of business things. Really? I don't know how I stumbled across it. I'd a little listen and pretty much one, because you're British and two, because you were laughing. You <laughs> that <laughs> like, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, as you do, you sort of listen to a few and then you start getting, just getting involved, don't you? Yeah. But, but the big thing that I'd say I was thinking was that you boys talk... 
and kind of mention and allude to the things that you do outside of uh-huh. this and don't really go into any detail. Uh-huh. And so I thought it'd be really interesting for kind of all the listeners and for me because I'm just really nosy. Yeah. <laughs> so basically any opportunity to peek into our lives. That's just to pick, mate. It's just to pick. <laughs> and I'm just horrible and northern and therefore wanted to, let's say, really dig into some of the detail. And so all like so rules of engagement, like I'll ask all sorts. Mm-hmm. Anything you don't want to answer, just tell me you don't want to answer. Like, and that's say, I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. Why do you need my sort code and account details? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah mate, we've got that already. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so we should be fine. But um, let's say, I don't really know where to kick it, frot, like start it off from. I don't know, wherever you really want to go, to be honest. I mean, do you want to intro a little bit about yourself or what you're doing? Or do you want to just jump straight in? I mean, as you uh, say, you're a long-term listener. I think we've got that covered. And yeah. then... I yeah. guess you're kind of going to play, you're going to play like the ears of everybody else who's listening and just delve into us a little bit That's more. That's what I'm hoping, just to sort of dig into a bit more about who, who you are, Jim. Sounds good, like sounds good. Well, it's probably a bit different to how you saw me last time. I was in a suit when we met at uh, New Media, so now I'm just in the old hoodie and joggers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, good and on Wayne's bed, which is weird, but... <laughs> no comments. I'm talking into a really foamy ball, which oh, is yes. quite... Quite impressive. <laughs> Good man. So, so let's kick it right back. So yes. let's say you and Wayne obviously met at uni. Yeah. And it was just in the dorms or kind of... Yeah, literally. Together. You know when you um, when you head off to uni, you pop on your form like, I don't mind who I'm living with and then literally turn up on that um, first day and uh, I think my dad bought me like two crates of beers and he was like, just whoever's in your halls, just give them some beers. Good tactic, Dad. That was a good tactic. And so, yeah, I like, literally just went, sat in the kitchen, like waiting for everybody else to start putting their pots and pans <laughs> in the cupboard. In hand. <laughs> and I was like, I've got the beers. And then as soon as like everybody came in, handed out a few beers, it kind of like took that edge off everybody's sort of like insecurity and fear. And that's it. Me and Wayne just kicked it off from there, really. Yeah, nice, nice. So, so at what point did the idea for Powerful Nonsense start? Like, at what point did you think, tell you what, we're getting on all right, this will be a great idea? To be honest, I mean, when we was at university, both me and Wayne were actually doing a podcast, which was a bit weird because at that time we didn't have a clue what podcasts were. We knew that people were putting audio online and we had a, um, uh, a, like a program we did called The Creative Types and it was where we kind of like broke down um, like films that we'd watched. And so we kind of enjoyed that anyway. But for me, it was just um, like once we left university, Wayne came to London, he was working and then I was going through this sort of weird period of my life where I was kind of like... I was in work, but at the same time, I wasn't enjoying it. And I was kind of like, probably like a lot of listeners as well, you're doing stuff every day, but you're questioning, is this what I want to do? And, you, and I started like listening to other podcasts as well. Like I'm listening to people starting businesses and I'd, okay. I was just starting to learn about entrepreneurship and what it meant. And then um, for me, I just started writing the blog. It started as a blog initially. So okay. it was me just kind of like listening to stuff, doing a lot of like a big self dive on myself and like reading stuff and exploring myself. And I was like knowing it all down on the, um, on the blog. And then after a little while, I was like, okay, this is fun. But I think actually if I could bring someone in to actually, cause I really like to be questioned as well. So it actually yeah, helps me yeah, to bring yeah. out kind of what I, what I think about or what I want to say. Yeah. And then as I've said before, I think um, like it was just a fear of going on audio by myself. Like I, could, I couldn't just speak at the microphone. So I kind of thought, oh, if Wayne wants to get involved, maybe that way I'll take that sort of tension. So it came out of like insecurity of getting Wayne in really. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to shit myself if I go on audio by myself. But yeah. actually if I've got someone there, friend, we've done this sort of stuff together it maybe helped me open up a bit more. And it was just, and just to two, bounce ideas. You two really. have really good chemistry, like I say, because half the time you two are just laughing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and also you have kind of different views on the same topics, etc. And so it really works well as you bounce it off. And, and did you have that chemistry with your first podcast then, with what you were doing at uni? Or when you were thinking, I need someone in, did you automatically think away? You know, was he kind of number three or four on the list? Or? Oh, he was well down on the list initially. <laughs> Now, to be honest, I think with me and Wayne, it's weird. Like we, we both like pretty much the same things. We're very different characters, if you yeah. meet us, but we both like the same things. We're both really interested. And I think one thing I like about Wayne is like when I'm around him, I kind of get excited. Or when we talk about stuff, we, we motivate each other, even though it's yes. weird. And anybody yeah. else would probably say to you, that's a stupid idea, or that's, no, uh, no, nah, nah, that's not going to work. Me and Wayne kind of like hype each other up. Yeah. And at the same time, like I think when you're good, close friends with someone, there's like you've got that humility where it doesn't really matter what each other says and it's kind of like sure. you just support each other and kind of it's, it's nice that I think for us I think the podcast done amazing things for our friendship because we yes. are talking yeah, about yeah. stuff on a deep level sometimes we're giving advice to each other live on air yeah. and it's nice to just be able to have someone there who you can kind of like bounce ideas off really yeah nice so, so let's cut it right back so you said let's say you got your degree in uh, media production contemporary and, media production okay and then went to you got your job 
um, then I was out of actual work for like six months after uni, and that was okay. a bit of a phase as well where I was. I think I might, it might have been even in that time where I was writing. I think it was just like being unemployed for six months. I think everybody goes through it. You're like super depressed after uni, can't yeah. find a job. You're like bloody, I've got my degree, and so it was a bit of a. It was tough after uni, and I think because it was that whole kind of everyone goes, oh, you go through the system, and then you come out at the end, you're like, okay, where's my job? Didn't yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Six months had to do like an unpaid internship for like six months. My I was on job seekers allowance for those six months. My Fair. job seekers allowance got cut down because I was getting paid my travel expenses to get to my unpaid internship. Okay, now. Yeah, okay. And it's kind of like that. I think a lot of people at that sort of time had to go through those sort of things, and then that's it. Once I done my unpaid internship, that led to me to my first job, which okay, was okay. for um, V Inspired the charity. Well, I was doing a lot of my video production work for. Okay, nice. The yeah. like BBC the sport one. No, v, it was V inspired. Ah, sorry. sorry, yeah, yeah, not BBC. I, I wanted to go into like sort of TV <laughs> initially, but then I saw like the whole digital marketing thing was kicking off, and I thought, all right, I'll give this a go. Sure. And I had all the skills, the editing, Photoshop, bits and pieces like that. And and so just let's say so just because this is going to be the same journey that loads of people will have uh-huh. once, once they've left uni, yeah. assuming they're just going to roll into the job. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what were you struggling with? Why did you struggle? I think mainly because, to be honest, I, when I initially went to uni, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just like, this course sounds exciting. I remember like editing, I mean, designing like PlayStation game covers in media when I was in sixth form. And I was like, that sounds <laughs> sick. Like, Let me try that out. And so I went through my degree and I got more and more excited about doing like film and production. And just I think I've always enjoyed like art and creativity. And yeah. so for me that was kind of allowing me to do it on my degree. And then fortunately, I got like a first because I was really enjoying what I was doing. It weren't weren't like a struggle for me. It was actually really fun. Like when I was doing my essays, it was always things I was quite interested in. I was kind of mixing the psychology with the creativity. And so that was really good. And then coming out, I just think like most people, you don't really apply or even think about what you're going to do after uni sure. it's kind of like okay i'll figure it out when i get to the end line but like now i say to myself like there's so many things i wish i'd already done yeah well ahead of yeah. like leaving university but sometimes as well like those those sort of periods where you are down and now i do think that's where you do get really creative that's why i started a blog it came from like i'm feeling not feeling good and i want to express how i'm feeling at that time and i don't understand why i'm feeling these ways and so it was a kind of opportunity to kind of really yeah, nice Delve, like delve into yourself really nice and so at what point so like i say you've already explained you left you've done six months you've done an unpaid internship for another six months then you've yep. got your job yeah like you've already started blogging at this point yeah at what point let's say that the whole point of powerful nonsense is how you escape that nine to five or uh-huh. kind of how you set things up outside of it etc for that longer term yeah. vision so at what point when you, you're excited, you've got your new job, yeah. you start realising this isn't for me. I think, to be honest, my job was like really cushy and it was quite a fun job like doing video editing. I was meeting like loads of like inspiring young people and actually it was one young person I met who actually has been interviewed on the podcast, Blessing, and I remember speaking to him and I, just, I had to film him for one of my, um, just for the work, like for the for V Inspired because he was one of the young people that was volunteering and he was saying, oh yeah, I've got I had a cleaning business, I sold it for like... I know, 40 or 50,000 pounds. And I was like, wait a minute, wow. you're 16 years old and you did this? And I'm like, I was doing an unpaid internship and I'm like, wait a minute, there's something going wrong here. And so he was the first person that kind of made that sort of word of like entrepreneurship, like ping in my brain and be yeah. like, what is this about? And then I think while I was at that job, because I was like editing or I was doing graphics on the computer, I could kind of sit there with my headphones on and I used to like listen to like Mixergy or... Um, nice. any kind of podcast that was talking about business and then slowly by slowly you're sitting on a train in the morning going to work and you start questioning okay is, could I do something and you're trying to figure out yeah. and this is where people get kind of lost when you start buying stupid courses and you start like <laughs> pissing about trying to make an app or you yeah. I don't know you go to like I mean I went to loads of little startup events and it's really great to meet people but it's funny when you look back on yourself when you had that sort of naivety about business and then you're like, yeah, yeah, we make this app and we make it like this. And I've started so many little projects here and there with people and it just fizzles out because you don't really understand like the business side underneath yeah, it. Yeah, or where you're really aiming for. Exactly. It, like, yeah? it, it sounds, okay. I think, a lot of the time as well, I think people kind of get into that. The, that When you're in a job and you're listening to all this like business stuff, it's like it's, it's aspirational because it's like an escape from the shit that you are currently doing. And sure. I think that's why it's like really glamorous. But like as I've kind of developed in my own business acumen as well, I think you kind of realise like, it's not all pretty on the other side yeah. at all. Like there's yeah. headaches, there's fires put out every day. And I think <laughs> like, I think people, I think, I think Gary Vee talks a lot about this. It went through that phase where entrepreneurship was really like glamorous and everyone thought, oh, that's the way out. That's the way to really live well. But yeah. actually 
I would love it for someone to who who kind of has that thought in their head. Like if it was me when I was thinking about going into business or creating these apps and stuff, someone pinged me to being a CEO or do or kind of starting something where you are responsible for everything. I think you'd be like, wow, I didn't realize there was that much pressure involved. But sure. I think that's where you go back to that kind of okay self awareness or being able to control because at that time. If you're not like, I don't know, if you haven't got good awareness of yourself or you know what makes you tick or you know what your strengths are, yeah. I think that's when you're kind of like, whoa, I think, so that's the way I think people get tied up, especially in that early stage, just kind of over time, learning about yourself, but also being realistic about what entrepreneurship actually sure, means. Sure, So, so where, where was your progression then? Let's say you, so you, let's say you're working full time, yeah. you've started Powerful Nonsense, yeah. let's say the chemistry is building beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's say, so all these aspirations, all these things are going through your head. At, at what point, when's that tipping point that says either the side gig has sorted me out now so bills are covered or that I can leave the nine to five? No, no, it was, nev- it was never like that at all. It was actually like that, sh- it was a sort of, well, number one, I had a right bitch of an actual manager, like proper, like I really disliked her at the time. Welcome to the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Everybody's got that one person. It's like that person can really call shots on you. So that feeling, I know that's kind of like egotistical in some ways, but I hated somebody telling me what I should and shouldn't do. And I remember one time, um, I think she like said in front of all of my, all the workers in my office, like, oh, why don't you get Jem to do the video? Because we only have to pay him this much to do it. And she said it in front of everybody. And in my head, I'm just like, that's my salary. You're telling everybody how much I'm earning. You're basically degrading me. So at the time, I was like fuming. And that made me like angry. And then what moved me on to there was kind of like, initially, I was like, yeah, forget this. I'm hearing about all this entrepreneurship stuff. I'm going to do what everybody else does. I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to go on holiday for like three months. I'm going to travel. And then when I get back, that's it. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. That was my idea. It was kind of like fuck this, get out of that sort of... Because my, my job was lovely, like working with young people, I'm, I loved it. By the time, it was kind of like, if you've got someone above you that yeah. doesn't like make you feel good, number one, isn't your mentor, isn't someone you respect, yeah, yeah. then I think it's really hard to be motivated in any job. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, that's it. And then I remember like that feeling that like everybody probably thinks is the best feeling, like handing your like notice, all right, I'm leaving in four weeks or whatever your notice period yeah, is yeah. felt amazing but in my head I'm still like I don't know what I'm going to do fuck so as I say <laughs> um, yeah quit the job was planning to go travelling I um, was going with my girlfriend we was going to do Canada New York all the kind of amazing. just go travelling for like three months and then so I saved up a nice bit of like wedge of money and then um, everything booked flights blah, blah blah all the different journeys we had to take and and then as I say like a couple of weeks in um, my girlfriend broke her ankle and so it's like, okay, we're not going to be out for three months. We've got to come home after two weeks. And obviously, I couldn't carry on without her. It was just wouldn't right because we had that was, kind of... Was there a little part of you that thought? <laughs> there was a yeah. big part of me that thought this would be amazing. No, joking. But no, I think as well, like I knew like this is something I wanted to experience together. Yes, and it's like you've got your lifetime to kind of do it. So coming back home, and I think that was like, that's that first sort of like little hit that you think, oh, that's terrible. I quit my job and back home. But then I had like, as I say, had a bit of money in my bank. And I was thinking, okay got that buffer and I think that's the main thing like I think people when you just jump straight out of a job and you haven't got that sort of money or that buffer then your sort of emotional psychological uh, welfare goes out of the pocket out goes out the window because sure I've known so many entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs who literally were like yeah I'm quitting my day job and they quit and I got nothing in the bank and then you get into that fear mentality yeah, you freak yeah. out how do you pay your bills how do you like, pay your yeah, bills yeah. everybody's looking at you like you're an idiot your family's thinking you're an idiot and then yeah. basically you are an idiot and you're gonna have to go back to work because you didn't plan it well and so I didn't even plan that but luckily coming back from traveling I had some money in the bank and I thought okay I was already this doing is my moment to try it like. I was already doing like freelance gigs for people okay. here and there like doing a little bit of filming had a few connections and I thought well you know what if I can like we spoke about on our podcast that minimal minimal viable living sure but if I can get to that as quick as possible with a few freelance clients and luckily a few people were happy to help me out and I was doing a lot of free stuff and then that was turned into um, paid work. So that was more me going into the freelance stuff. Yeah. And I just did that for, that has been my main gig for ages really. Yeah. And, and at what point did, I suppose, at what point when you were doing your freelancing, like, was there any kind of fear when you're doing some free work, you're hoping there's business coming, you, you're not really... Like again, you've got your minimal viable living, so you know your, your bases are covered with only a little bit of work. Yeah. But did you think early that actually this this could be good? This is going to build, or you still did you still have that fear? That kind to of... be honest, again, I was really lucky because I was and I still am living at home with my mum, and I, and I was and I'm only just got my house, which I'm moving out in a few weeks. But even back then, my idea was kind of like, look, 
the goal when you want to be doing what you want to be doing you have to basically live at rock bottom like what is the least you can live off there were like i'd quit my job and i was earning obviously just like an average salary at this job but at the same time i didn't have many expenses like i pay rent or whatever but like you pay a little bit money here and there but my expenses were super low and i think nice number one is like how obviously there's some people that don't have the option but in my head it's like well if you kind of want to head towards whether it's freelance or entrepreneurship or starting a business you've got to literally cut your cost down to minimal as much as possible because then it gives you a good runway because if you're kind of someone who's already got two three grand or two grand or grand and a half expenses per month yeah then straight away there's a lot it restricts what you are what you can and can't do yes and that's the bit where people have to be realistic and say okay like now i've got a mortgage so it's kind of like i wouldn't have been as ballsy but if i had a mortgage back then i wouldn't have been as ballsy so it's like while you're young you've got the opportunity sometimes it's a good time to say okay i'm gonna i mean my friends might look at me and say okay you're living at home or it looks a bit like even now saying oh my god you're in your late 20s but you're living at home and people might look at that as a bad thing but i just say well actually it's giving me a runway and i know that yeah I mean, how many I managed to save and be able to like buy my first house. Like, so it gives you that option. But most people have got to realize you've got to take that three, four years and maybe not live in ideally. But in that time, you might be able to start something or you might be able to save some money or you might be able to find the right people to work with. So for me, it wasn't about it's like stop being like a sort of like feeling awkward about maybe cutting your expenses or living back home or. I don't know, living cheaply sure. is kind of knowing that you're doing it for the long-term game, and, really. And I think this is part of the appeal of powerful nonsense and the appeal of you too, is it? That you're not some sort of like, oh, we, we had a start already, yeah, 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 we had a start-up, we sold yeah. it for 20 million, you know, yeah. kind of we're, we're living on the beach and you yeah. can do it too. It's yeah, the, yeah. like, like we've done things, you know, yeah, we're, we're pretty, like, not being offensive, we're pretty normal people. Yeah, of like, course, yeah, and totally. And we're really leveraging what we've got, taking advantage of the situation, like, say, mindfully going through yeah. these steps. Like, yeah, it's really, a, yeah, that's, that's what that was the whole aim really because a lot of those podcasts we were listening to at the beginning were very what looked like that sort of overnight success and i think a lot of the time these people that are interested in business or entrepreneurship or going into something like acting like wayne does i think you've kind of got to see there's a lot of shit there there's a lot of stuff that actually it's not all glamour it's not gonna be it is really shit a lot of the time sure but again you have that sort of hope at the end that you're gonna it's gonna lead you somewhere else and like the difference like different way my um life it goes every year it changes direction new things crop up sure and for me that's more exciting than just knowing that i could still be in that office doing the same thing every day so yeah 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 good man so so before we get on to kind of like your longer term visions etc mm-hmm. which i think would be part of the interesting conversation yeah is, is like so you mentioned your family the support mm-hmm. of your family who doubted you like there has to be people like looking at a beautiful british perspective that yeah. says what the hell are you doing? Yeah, you should get a job. You've gone at yeah. uni, you've got your degree, yeah. stick in the job, stay in the yeah. job, like progress through the job. Like I know you say yeah. you hate it, but it'll all come good. I think there's, there's there was a few things really, because I think initially when I was going freelance, I remember my one of my best mate's mum was like, oh, so you're going to be a bum then? And it was kind of, <laughs> <laughs> literally, I'd go over the house, she's like, oh, you're still a bum then? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to do this freelance thing. And I literally at that time was probably maybe earning 50, 100 pound a week. And I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of a bum almost, just above a bum. <laughs> and then, for that, so that's the kind of thing you're going to get anyway, because a lot of people might not understand what freelance means and stuff like that. And sure. a lot of people kind of say, I'm freelance, which means you're out of work and you're looking for it a lot of the time. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, I had um, my girlfriend's mum was like sending me job um, job like applications every day. Well, not every day, but I'd get like yeah, an email yeah. like, oh, Gem, I think this job really suits you. It's really good. And so you've got that side of it where you've got people thinking like, all right, as he lost his mind, he's not doing... It's almost that like passive-aggressive. They're trying to help no, you, but it's right? They're trying to... That's yeah, what I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. need to see. Like, a lot of what people are saying, it's only to, like, look after you. Yeah. They're worried about you. They're only trying to protect you. But I think, for me, I think the real biggest challenge was, I think, and I think lots of people have this, it was my dad, really. I was really afraid that, like, I might do this and I might look like a failure in front of my dad. I might, like, not make enough money. I might not... Um, I don't know, it might just not work out and I'll not be making, not be able to make him please and see like, oh, you know what? Yeah, he can actually like have a business or be freelance or make money. So it's a bit of a weird thing, really. I think a lot of guys definitely have that thing where they have to kind of please their dad or make, at least look like you've got yourself in control. And yeah, for me, that yeah. was a lot of the whole issue. And I think, I mean, it only took when I went to um, a Philip McKernan talk. I don't know if you've heard of him before. No. But he was like a, he like one-on-one kind of like meant at me one time. He's like, what are you waiting for? And I think for me, it was that kind of, permission that actually 
stop trying to please other people what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, if yeah. you feel good doing it, just go for it. And I think that took a massive weight off my shoulder. And then since then, my choice is because you... You some, actually excel. Yeah, yeah, you excel because I think a lot of the time, and, in, and even that whole me feeling pressure from my dad was totally bullshit really yeah. because the pressure weren't there it's just it was perceived sure, sure in my perceived, head that yeah. I wanted to make my dad proud I wanted him to see that yeah my son's a good businessman or he's doing his own yeah. thing and that looks really good and people think yeah I'll get a high five and like friends now say oh it's cool you got your own business oh really and it, you kind of it, it's something that is nice but at that time it's kind of like it might not happen and if yeah. it doesn't happen I think that's what holds a lot of people back because that's where you're like you feel like a failure and you feel everybody else is looking at you like, what an idiot. He tried to start a business and now he's fucking broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the problem. I think that's the number one thing that holds a lot of people back. But then on the flip side, like, when you do allow yourself or you give yourself, like everyone says, like you give yourself that permission to not really worry about what everyone else is thinking and then you just go for it. I think that's when things are now starting to pick up for me because it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not afraid of anybody's opinion. And at the end of the day, I think it's kind of like another book I've been reading uh, recently. It's called Extreme Ownership. And it's this idea that like everything you do, it's not about what other people are thinking or doing. Actually, as long as you take full ownership for the fact that you want to do this thing yeah. and don't half-arse it, because if you're going to tell people you want to do it, just like you've got to fucking do it. Like you've got to show up. It's not just say it and then do it. Nice. You nice. take complete ownership for that idea and you push it forward because as soon as what I found was as soon as I convinced myself that I could do it and I believed I could, everybody else got on board. Yeah, they all fall in line. Yeah, everybody falls yeah. in line and starts becoming your fans and your supporter and actually like talking about you. Then my girlfriend's parents now can go tell their friends how great it is that Jem's got businesses and stuff. Yeah, And yeah, it's, nice. it's that sort of thing. And nice. that's what happened. And I think more and more people, initially they're protecting you, then after that actually you're fans. So they're never, at no stage do they want you to fail or fuck up. They're always there for you. It's yeah. just that they can't see the vision that you kind of have for yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, fair. I think we're all in the game, right? We're all in the game. And even when you don't want to be, or you can remove yourself from it, there's that real kind of sense of competition. And, and mm -hmm. it's all perception. Yeah. But, but partly, especially with parents, it's the, yeah, my chem does this. Yeah, no, exactly. He's an engineer, or yeah. he's gone to this school. And like, it, it's all that sort of stuff. Like, And it, that probably just comes back from when you're a kid and you come home and you show your parent your bloody, your pitch you've drawn and you just want to show it to them and be like, mommy, look what I've done at school. <laughs> and, then, and then they clap and say, oh yeah, that's really, really good. And I think you don't realise, but you probably pull parts of that into your older life where sure. you just want to say, like, I just want you to be proud of me. And a lot of the time, your parents are super proud of what you're doing. Yeah. And it's just that I think sometimes we, especially young people, put way too much pressure on ourselves or we're trying to please so many different people. And it doesn't just come from parents because it could come from your friends if five out of your, if your group of five mates and four of them have office jobs and you're sure. doing your one thing. Sure then of course to them it's going to look extreme and you're going to be like, fucking hell, maybe I should just do what everyone else is doing there, buying houses, doing that. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a constant. And I think that's what I really think people need to realise that there's no day where I'm like, well, this is the best decision I've ever made. And there's days where I wake up and say, this is like, I, I wish I weren't doing this. I wish I had the easy problems of just sitting in an office and maybe have to get onto a busy train. At least I could read my Kindle. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, it's horses for courses, isn't it? Yeah, mate? exactly. Yeah. yeah, this got deep, mate. <laughs> yeah. What, what does your dad do? What does my dad do? My dad was a builder. So my dad's always been like self-employed when he was younger. But I've always seen my dad work his ass off, basically. Yeah. So for me, I always look up to that and I always want to show that like, I think with any like, I don't know whether it's that son dad thing you always want to show that you're fucking working your ass off and that you can work to that level as well maybe yeah. that's a i don't know a turkish thing but for me you just want to make your dad proud of what you're doing and so yeah that was it for me really yeah nice and what do you miss his parents do if they were the ones who are sending you the jobs etc not really i mean they do like accounting um her dad's like in tax but for me it was just again it was out of like that's pure love like you know what i want you to get work and stuff like that so it weren't like it weren't like a i again it's how i perceive it that could have been nice but in my head i'm like you just let me do what i want to do because again yeah, yeah, at yeah. those sort of points where you are trying to make a change the last thing you want is people slot in what is what is meant to be nice becomes yeah. doubt for you because yes. then you're like yeah. And, then, and as I've said many times in the podcast, there was many times when I was doing freelance and some days I'd wake up and I'd be on bloody Indeed. I'd be on all the job sites just saying, okay, where's my plan B? Because 50 quid, 100 quid a week is, is a not the one. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> and so you look around now, so let's say you said about your mates, if all your mates have got sort of standard standard jobs in inverted commas, yeah, and obviously you, you now have businesses plural right so mm. let's say powerful nonsense is one venture let's say there's we'll come on to another one that we both know about in a moment yeah, yeah but what do your mates do um, i mean most of them have like um they'll like do like nine to five jobs and stuff but i've found that actually the more 
I've not saying like, oh, I've become a success or the more I've kind of done my business stuff, I think it's definitely made those around me feel more entrepreneurial, whether it is just doing something on the side, whether it's saying, actually, I'm really good at my job and I know there's people who are contractors for that company. Maybe I'm going to go self-employed. I've got a few friends who've gone self-employed since that. And so, again, it's never a competitive thing between friends. At the end of the day, I'm not going to judge a friend because he's got a nine to five and I'm sure they're not going to judge me because I decided to have this life. Yeah, and sure. At the end of the day, if they're a good friend, you kind of support each other, whatever you do. And that's the hope, really. It shouldn't be. I think when you're younger, especially really young, like your early 20s, I think it is very egotistical between friends. How much are you earning? I'm earning this yeah, much. Yeah. You're earning that much. I, I think I meant more for the kind of regression to the mean. Like, it's if you're saying, let's say, you've got five mates, four of them are accountants, it's easy just to kind of think that that's the way. And therefore, if you are the one that's not nine to five in, yeah. then, then it's, like say, especially when you're new and especially when you're trying to set it up and especially yeah. when you're you're struggling through those first stages yeah. it's it's easy to kind of have that bit more doubt because yeah. you look at them so it's not the kind of they're wrong i'm right yeah it's just the kind of an intrigue about kind of what your influences are around you i think for me when i as i say that early stage when you are doing it and you are going out you definitely just have to like surround yourself with people who are also doing the same thing and like lucky for me was with wayne he's like going into acting so for me it's sure. like wow that's that's extreme again it seems as a like, sort of like outside of the norm and so again Again, the quicker you get around more people that are having those same struggles or are um, even available in the day for you to talk yeah. to because you're at home freelance or something like that, then I think that really helps because, again, you can't... I have groups of friends. I have my really super entrepreneurial friends. I have my friends who would just go down to pub and have a beer friends. Yeah, and nice. I think you do have those little groups, but you know... If you need to pick me up, you go to these people. If you need some business advice, you go to these people. If you sure. need just a chill out time, you go to the certain people. Yeah, so. sure, sure, nice. But a lot of the people that are starting out tend to not have any of those business entrepreneurial friends, so it feels really odd when you're not really getting the feedback or the kind of advice that you hope for and everyone's saying, what are you doing? Just bloody sure. go get back in your job. <laughs> yeah, good man. So, so thinking, let's say, so putting a little oh, kind of different view on it now, so thinking a little bit longer term, you mm. know, what, what's your definition of success? Um... Again, I never think long term. I hate it. I hate when people even it, try to, because I think it's too like life's too fragile for you to kind of like think that long term. Like I do generally believe that you've got to be happy like this today, tomorrow, like this week, like very. I don't. I never look too far ahead when people say five years. No idea. Couldn't okay. tell you. Wouldn't think about it. I think for me, I just want to make sure that I'm constantly challenging myself, going in new directions. The directions, like as I say, you can talk about my other business like that took was totally out of the blue yeah and i think i think that's where life exists like i think when you are doing things that you like shock yourself sometimes because i think ultimately you you don't know when your life's going to end you don't know when it's going to like who knows what's going to happen tomorrow and it's kind of like i know you don't want to be in that kind of yolo mindset but at the same time you it is a balance between that sort of consistency of stability but at the same time i think unless you have that sort of anti-fragile way of living where you are still doing things that take you out of the norm, then I think you're going to miss out on life. It's too easy to get caught in that day-to-day. And then you next year, you're like, oh, wow, that went quick. 2017 went quick. Fair, fair. And then suddenly yeah. you're just like, okay, that's another year. Same thing for me. It's like, how do I keep challenging myself every yeah, year? Yeah, and it was good. kind of the reason behind a podcast in the same way. It's like, I can't turn up to the mic as the same person. Like, yeah. I can't. I can't next week turn up and then not have read something new, not have been inspired by something new. And I'm going to have to speak to people and hope that they're going to take something from it. So I can't just always be my same self every single week. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Nothing I can't have... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes people need to see that for themselves is say, okay, well, what have I done differently? Have I ever done anything? Like, I love what James Altucher says. He says, like, um, how do you become, like, like aim to become 1% better every day? Yeah, because that's minimal. That might mean doing ten push-ups. That might mean reading two pages of a book. But I think people have to be making progression because I think when you are making that one percent, it will make you question what you're currently doing. Yeah, because you're now more aware and you're becoming more human because you're kind of understanding things a bit better. So okay, yeah. So so, so let's say without that YOLO mindset and yeah. yet being crystal clear that you don't look kind of three, five years down the line. Yeah. So what, what is your long term then? Do you think kind of to the end of, do you plan a year ahead like 2017? Do you literally mm-hmm. kind of, you're just constantly striving and kind of pushing at that edge? I always, I generally look at the moments I enjoy the most in my year and that's with friends, that's with on the podcast, that's yeah. learning, that's um, going on holiday with my girlfriend. Like 
ultimately everyone who's doing this entrepreneurial wants to kind of control what they're doing in their life. It's not because they want a business, it's because they want a lifestyle. Yeah. And so my always way of kind of gauging things is, am I doing the things I enjoy the yes. most? Yeah, and okay. how do I factor that into my life? Because I don't want to just be eating out every day with my girlfriend and I'd be like, oh, I've got a business that kind of allows me to do that because yeah, you do... Yeah. I think there's a lot of pleasure in that sort of like hustle and bustle, like me trying to get this um, second premise up up and running recently. It's like stressful as hell. Like it's really like, oh my God, will it all come together? But at the same time, that's really exciting. Yeah, nerves and excitement. Exactly. Same emotion. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think like that's that's enjoyable because at the end of the day, I, like by the end of the year, I can look back and laugh about it and be like, oh my God, do you remember how busy it was trying to get all those things together? Sure, sure. And so, but then at the same time, I think people just need to look at like, what is their sort of ideal way of living and how are you kind of currently aiming towards that? Because I think a lot of the time people are just living, but they're not actually, there's not like a purpose. They don't have a goal. They don't think yeah. about like, what kind of life do I want to have? Do I want to be able to say, fuck it, I'll do a podcast on a Wednesday? <laughs> like yeah. that, who yeah, has that yeah. opinion? Like, can you have that choice? Nice. Is that something you want? So for me, I think it is, my my aim with everything I do is to have more and more control of my own life, basically. Yeah, okay, perfect, yeah. And therefore, that would be your definition of success, no? Like, that's that lifestyle and the flexibility and kind of control over your own world and your own time. Yeah. If you have that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <good laughs> but, again, but again, as well, people need to be flexible. That That might change. Like, nothing of what you might feel today could be a different feeling tomorrow. And I think that's why I love that whole um, Nassim Taleb anti-fragile. Just accept that what makes you happy today might not make you happy tomorrow. And I always say this to people, I've been in a long-term relationship with my girlfriend, but I always say like, you never know, you might wake up tomorrow and you're diff- you've just got a different mindset. You just, yeah. and I think too many people... Don't tell me Mrs. that. I won't tell Mrs. <laughs> that. But she could wake up tomorrow and be like, yeah, Indeed. you know what, I've had enough. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, didn't see that coming, but it happens and I've heard it happen. So sure. again, it's people need to be able to be flexible with the way they live. And I think having that flexibility comes from having more control of your life. So then you can yeah, adapt yeah. when you need to, basically. Good man. So, so let's have a quick breakdown. So let's say yes. you've got um, Powerful Nonsense, obviously is a business in its own right. You still do your digital content? I still do freelance video content. I do social media management. I do a bit of consulting. I'm open. I'm actually working on an um, influencer agency. Nice. Um, I've got... What the Pitter, which is our vegan donor <laughs> food store, which got one in Shoreditch, opening the second one in um, Croydon, looking to have at least, I don't know, we want three to five in the next two years, hopefully. We want to grow rapidly, as quick as possible. So, so we'll come back to that in a second. Like, uh-huh. It's just the kind of, that, how do you structure everything? So do you have it all kind of, like, it's getting into a bit of the mechanics, but that kind of what makes my head tick, yeah? Mm. Are they all going through the same business are they all completely separate entities or kind of how yeah, you completely separate entities yeah okay yeah yeah so so let's say so you, you mentioned on the show and you've talked about it or you've kind of mentioned it a couple of times what the pitta yeah which was obviously the vegan donna yeah didn't see that coming <laughs> but but literally so how did it start because you said that it went from kind of idea through to kind of testing it in no time like whatsoever. Two weeks, yeah? so, so where did the idea come from what's the that was literally just being on holiday i don't know at that time i was like you know what that was with um my my girlfriend my sister my two sisters sisters and then um, my sister's boyfriend and he we were sitting i think maybe on the beach or even at breakfast and i was just like i'm not eating any more meat i'm trying out this vegan thing and then he was like oh my um uncle does a vegan donor in germany and we was like oh wicked um maybe we should go try it out ah, and the german out, connection yeah okay and that we flew got back from our holiday in turkey flew to germany tried it was like amazed was like wow this would like kick it off in london we knew the kind of vegan thing was picking up the fact that me as a mental like meat eater my yeah. whole life to try veganism showed that there is a bit of a cultural shift going on because I like to follow the sort of health fads all the time. Sure. And so we just, yeah, went there, liked it, came back to London. Um, like I say, my sister's boyfriend, like crazy drive. And I think that's one thing that I think is really important with a lot of the things you do is just make sure you've got someone yeah. who is like ballsy as hell who's going to like push things forward and find a partner because you've got your weakness. I've got my strengths, he's got his strengths, and I've got my weaknesses, he's got his weaknesses. And sure. I think that's why... So you complement each other, you yeah, you've to, nailed you it. You totally have yeah. to because maybe I wouldn't have done this podcast for this long if I didn't have Wayne. Yeah. And and I think what you've got to remember is that your motivation and your excitement for things goes up and down. Like I told you all the different things I do. Some weeks I don't want to do anything to do with the podcast. Some weeks my whole focus is going into... What the pitter. Sometimes my whole focus is going into edit that video for the, sure. co- the client. or So... It is always a balancing act, and I kind of, I as I say all the time, like you have to always 
inject back. Like when me and Wayne meet, and then after we talk about a podcast, like I'm so motivated for the podcast. So you have yeah. to. It's a really hard balancing act when you've got so many things going on at once. But sure. So, I kind so, of enjoy that. So just focusing purely on what the pitter, because yeah. like I say that's completely off topic for yeah. sound and powerful nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you, you started it off in no time whatsoever. Yeah. What, what were you looking like? You knew you wanted to trial it, mm-hmm. and therefore, if it was again successful, then you'd carry on. Yeah. So, so what are you kind of what are the first stages that you go through? Well, first of all, we just need to find a location that we could test fast, and we got. I think we got so lucky in the fact that like Shoreditch was the place that popped up, and there was like a food venue there, and it was basically like they were saying, look, the the rents are very high, but they were like, look, it's a thirty day con, it's a thirty day rolling contract. So if at the end of thirty days you can skid out, so in our minds it's like, all right, we just need to get the cooking stuff together. Yeah. We've got the shed upfront costs were minimal got if, a shed it was like it's like a wooden shed basically inside it? of this it's like a yes. area like a food area <laughs> with like loads of wooden sheds if you knew how much you pay rent for a wooden shed you'd be <laughs> bloody shocked but we are in london but um so that was it it was kind of like again everything you do do i think go back to that sort of minimal viable testing like minimal, yeah. how do you test something minimally and so for us it was okay if this bucks up we can literally shut it down at the yeah. end of the month fail fast yeah, yeah exactly it's like that's it and so for us it was just set it up and obviously my skills and expertise are in like um, social media and online marketing and so I got on top of that managed to reach out to a few influencers and then literally we opened and it was just booming from day one like busy busy and I think luckily it's a gimmicky product vegan doner kebab everybody's like taking pictures of the sign and sharing it and people saying what the fuck's a vegan doner (laughs) you guys are (laughs) sabotaging something that's amazing and and what the fuck is a vegan doner mate a vegan doner is a doner that is made of soy soy meat instead of actual uh, that whatever meat they use that (laughs) (laughs) that bit of everything meat they usually use (laughs) you might even get to try one later on who knows good one good one yeah that's but, fine. And so, and so how quickly did you know? So uh, are you looking at the numbers? Like, say, do you know what your break-even is? Like, are these the kind of the things that you're worried about in that kind of first, what, first week, first month? What's Initially, the... it was just, is there demand? Number one, is there demand of yeah. people coming? And they were, and that was it. From there, it's like, okay, like, I mean, we nearly killed ourselves that first month because we didn't realise that we have to be working there. And my partner was a bloody personal trainer. I was doing my video work. So we're like, we're doing like 12 hours a day. It's open 11 till 11, basically, every day. Yeah. So we do yeah. we wish covering those shifts, and then we did, we didn't even think like when we opened like are we actually going to be able to work that much? And then we didn't think because obviously you can't hire anyone yet, sure, because you don't even know what your cash flow is going to be. And then so that was it really, kind of it. it the demand was there, but it was like we're going to kill ourselves unless we can yeah, start okay. hiring or start kind of at least getting some friends in to help out here and there. Yeah, and is that what you did? Like say friends first? It was all yeah. All my friends yeah. were chipping in <laughs> like doing shifts, and that's what helped really. I think everybody kind of like supported, and you got friends there. Who, uh, egging you on and it was just doing really well it was doing really popular I was coming really popular nice. and everybody was like it was getting chatted about and like on social media it was just popped off like yeah. got on like, thousands of followers on Instagram like so rapidly amazing and, nice and then we just thought like it's doing good so now we're just trying to really like learn to systemize as I say we want to open as many as possible as quick as sure. possible so the second one is opening hopefully shortly yeah you, Croydon, you sorted? yeah Croydon Box Park all the building works happening at the moment amazing along with all the building work for my home so it's kind of like shit timing for both of them but again <laughs> expensive timing too. yeah it's very expensive timing <laughs> yeah. Ugh. but yeah nice it'll be fun like and that's what i say like I, I really enjoy that sort of the little rush beforehand but then like i'm looking forward to like the end of the year when i've got a couple of premises set up i yeah, moves into my new house and things have settled down a bit so it sounds like you're planning for the future mate planning for the future <laughs> and then maybe it'll be that's it who knows what happened yeah good man yeah, yeah. good man well let's say like uh, before we sort of wrap it up like it's really interesting to sort of spend that time and go through mm-hmm. a little bit of who you are and kind of what you're doing outside of it yeah like like one of the key things in my head is about kind of decision making so like you obviously have a decent signing board with Wayne when mm-hmm. you're making tough decisions whether it's kind of what the pit are or what's going on in your life powerful nonsense like do you have like a committee of people like who do you go to who do you whose input do you value enough to execute um it's a tough one really because i remember when i was talking to wayne about what appear because he was worried he was like oh crap that's going to take all your attention away from the podcast and he's like do you really think it's kind of angle even my dad was like you're going into food like what the hell like i didn't see that coming you've been talking about internet and doing all this like why are you doing that but i think for me i don't know if something feels right because I say yes to so many, so many things that I just shouldn't. And even I don't, I, in my brain, I say yes. And after I'm like, okay, now I need to figure out how I'm going to have the time to do that. Okay. But I don't know if it just, I don't know, it just feels right. Cause I'm, I'm probably pretty rubbish at making those decisions. I just go with, am I excited about this? And 
then I kind of have to figure out after, okay, what do I need to cut loose? And there's been, that's been the sort of um, situation I've been in recently. It's like, okay, what do I, again, going back to that sort of 80 20, like, what do I want to be doing? Yeah. And what becomes a bit of a chore? And sometimes, like, what you like loved initially, you kind of actually say, actually, do I love it anymore? And I think that's a good thing to be comfortable with that. Yeah, it's fine to get really good at something for five years and then think, oh, okay, well, that's me now. But actually, sometimes it's really nice to be like, just brushed it off and start again with something new. And I think then you're going to have sure. another five different years rather than the same. And maybe if you still love what you do, but it's like if you're waking up and you're like, well, that thing that I was doing is becoming feeling like a real chore. And I've always said it to Wayne, like if the podcast ever got to the point where yeah. it felt like we're turning up and we're both like, you know, I really can't be asked with this. That, Let's like knock it. it on the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. So for me, it's how do I feel? If something, I keep doing it over and over again and it actually, every time I do it, I feel tired, I feel drained. And I'm quite aware of my body. So like, if I'm doing something I really dislike, I start feeling really tired and really like, okay. it's like my body's telling me, you don't like this, so stop bloody yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I say to a lot of people when you see people on the trains and stuff going home and some days Slumped. I do ridiculously long days and I'm still energised. I get home and then I'm working until two in the morning. I'm like, where the fuck's this energy come from? Yeah. But it's obviously, there's something in you that's saying, I really enjoy doing this. Yeah, yeah. And it's then, just hitting the right frequencies for you, yeah, isn't it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's nice. things where your body's saying, you fucking hate this and this is killing you. And it is, it, your body is making you exhausted. And I totally believe in that. And I yeah. believe it's making you feel lethargic, tired, and because it's saying this isn't bringing you joy. So Fair. you're going to have to switch Fair. something up. So essentially, your answer to who is your committee is suggesting is listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. I think, you, I think most people know exactly. They, if you're doing something you don't like, you know you're doing it. You know you yeah. are. I think it's just most people struggle with like, okay, if I know I hate this, now what and then because there is no answer there is no is that the right thing to do is that the right business to start is it good time to quit your job there is never the perfect time ever yeah indeed and yeah. so it's kind of you just have to like I don't know just go for it and then it might fuck up And then, but you can always go back like I think when people think of like a rock bottom I think even rock bottom is not that bad like my rock bottom could be like I can't pay my mortgage all my businesses collapse and the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to move back in with my mum yeah, that yeah. is the worst thing. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing, and then I can go get another job. Like your mum worries about that too. By the way, she probably worries about that. <laughs> She's thinking about the bloody washing machine. But <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So I think what we think often is like rock bottom is not really rock bottom because sure. you even if you get to that rock bottom, the experiences and the know how that you're gonna never lose is all there. So yeah. it's all banked anyway. It's just banked in experience, not in maybe yeah, monetary. Fair. And I think that's it. So for a lot of people, it's the fear of the unknown. Mm. And all you're doing there is exploring the kind of the unknown so yeah. that it's known and therefore it's not quite so scary. Yeah. yeah. And I think once you get rolling, that's it. You just, you, the energy keeps coming and you kind of just start to enjoy that process. And I, as I say, who knows what I might be doing next year? I have no idea. Sure. But I like that. Exciting times, <laughs> mate. Exciting times. So, so literally wrapping it up, like I so say, this yeah. is powerful nonsense. And so your two questions that you do when you've got interviews. Oh, God. Yeah, tell me something powerful and then tell me something that you think is nonsense or something. Oh, God. That's really... I knew... I, I, I always think when people are going to ask me these questions, what do I think is powerful? Um, I guess it probably goes back to that um, permission thing. I think it's powerful to understand who who you're waiting for permission off of because I think that is often I think most people will do the things they want to do whether it's start a business whether it's freelance start a little food business or whatever if you're if you can really interrogate what is holding you back like you know you're afraid of doing it but sure. can you delve into the reason why and can you find that out yeah and I think that is what holds most people back it is something someone who is literally kind of holding you back because you know you can do it everybody could do it like it's easy to learn stuff nowadays so it's the the psychological hurdle is the hardest part. Sure. And I think for me that's powerful if you're willing to delve into your reasons and look into that. And sometimes you can't do that alone. And sometimes you do need to sit down with someone that's and yeah. interrogate it because that's what counsellors are for, therapists, mentors. Yeah. And it's just someone who could just pick it apart and make you just see it slightly different. And then that's enough to kind of yeah, let it go. So that's powerful i think if you can take the time to do that good man and nonsense um, i think the load of nonsense is do you know what really fucks me off at the moment is all those bloody youtube um adverts where every day i switch on a video and then it's a different stupid like couple or a guy or someone saying like they're on the beach and those sort of adverts now are just popping up so so much and i think it just does terrible things for people because entrepreneurship isn't about becoming a lazy bastard on the beach it's about growing yourself as a human sure and I think that's what you've got to realise is that business and entrepreneurship is going to 
push you to your max. It's gonna. It's every time you're doing it, you're growing, you're learning, yeah. you're meeting new people. So, if your goal is to be sitting on a beach, I would love people to get zapped onto a beach for like a year and say, okay, no, you can't leave the beach. You're just gonna like look at these guys who go on these bloody TV programs and they're thirty days on a beach, <laughs> struggling. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, yeah, there is like people always say like, to what extent? Like, how far can you take that before it becomes boring? Like before you say, okay, I've had enough cocktails, I've had enough hangovers, I've had enough, like I just want to like do things. And sure. so for me, that's the biggest load of nonsense is that kind of dream lifestyle of I don't have to work anymore, I'm financially free because in some <laughs> ways everybody's aiming for that financially free, but at the end of the day you could be financially free and then have nothing to do. And I think that's the scariest thing because I think sure. you need to have something to be like pursuing. And so that's why I would say like to people like I People say, oh, your, your goal is to sell out or sell a business. But I think that would be the scariest moment to sell and have all the money, but then have nothing that excites yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So for me, that's a load of nonsense, and I fucking hate those adverts. Good fun. Good man. <laughs> Mate, well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Like I say, thank, thanks you very too. much for uh, letting me sit in the throne. And, yes. Uh, uh, and, and for picking your head, mate. Really no, it's good fun, to be honest. It's nice. As I say, like I think more people need to have conversations. Like, you don't have to have a mic in front of you to sit down with a friend and just talk to each other. And I think... A lot of the time you connect on a much deeper level and I think these moments allow you to kind of learn more about yourself and how you think because I don't get to think about that whole process sure, there sure. and so a lot of the time it's nice people talk to themselves but actually I think sometimes sitting down with someone actually pull a little bit more out of you and help you structure what you're thinking really. So that last two bits then just while I'm still here. Yeah. One regret? Regret? Hmm. I don't know really. I don't, again it's kind of like I don't really regret anything like <laughs> Um, but no I think to be honest it's not I don't know because then regrets I think I've started to see like even when I said about like the old boss and blah, 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 now I don't feel resentful of her being a shitty boss I just say well she probably had her own issues sure and so I regret sometimes getting so angry at people and thinking it was them who were the problem but actually it was probably me and my perspective of them and maybe I could have just had more empathy and said maybe she's had a shit day maybe yeah. she's going through some shit and that's back to your ownership piece isn't yeah, it? yeah exactly yeah. so my regret is that sometimes I've let external things kind of sway how I feel and Fair. what I can do Fair. but other than that like Sometimes you have to have a shit boss to light a fire under your ass. Yeah, the yeah, fucking job. I think that's the good reminder, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. you have to really feel the pain yeah. to motivate you to do something and yeah. execute. For Otherwise, sure. like I say, everyone whinges about things and does nothing about it. Exactly. Yeah? So actually, she probably did a really good thing. That's what I'm saying. Like you've been <laughs> squeezed enough. You, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to look at it as like a benefit. Like if you've been put into that corner enough, it causes you to do something. Yeah. So some people need that. So yeah, fair. Good man. It's been fun. We've gone a little over. I think I'm going to have to flip him run now. (laughs) Sorry, mate. Cool. So thanks, Adam. And uh, I guess Wayne's up next. So um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, As usual, I don't really do the uh, outro, so I'm just going to (laughs) say head over to iTunes. If you like this conversation, give us a five-star review. And um, wicked. Thanks, Adam. All right, ladies. Cheers, mate. (laughs) 